Well, welcome. We're back. My name is Mike Crawford. Welcome back to the Young Jerks from Verilife in Wareham, Massachusetts. We've had some great content today. Some good interviews. Jim Bogasani, uh, two selectmen from Wareham already earlier. You may have saw that. You can also watch it back on our replay if you want to catch those. Uh, a lot of good information. Peter T uh, Teitelbaum and Alan Slavin, or Slavin, excuse me, from Mass Municipal Association. A lot of good information in that segment. And then uh, we just had an interview with a sponsor, and now we're back with two more guests. Having a good time here at Verilife. Little breeze, we're right on the water. Beautiful here. Uh, we start out with kind of the men's, the men's segment. It was all uh, the old jerks, as, as we were joking around, old uh, men jerks. <laughs> First segment, but now we have the ladies here. I'm joined by two awesome ladies. Uh, we're going to get right into it. First, uh, closest to me. Uh, I've known her for a while. Her name is Sandy Bernier. Uh, she's a local. Her company is in Rockland, Mass. Is that right? That's right. And it's Irie Bliss Wellness. You got it. I got it right? <laughs> yeah. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. I feel like it's weird because this is like the first time I think we've actually been on the show, but I've known you for a while. We keep trying to manifest it, but it's finally time. I know. I don't know why we didn't <laughs> do this earlier. We've tried. We babies. Have. I blame the babies. You yeah. blame the dogs. And it's yeah, whatever. we're wicked busy, both of us. We are. <laughs> <laughs> a million things going on, but you have a uh, shop in Rockland, Mass. I have an education and resource center, which is a private club. All right. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you're official on it. I'm super official. Correct me. <laughs> a anytime I'm wrong on this, definitely do so. <laughs> That's like the number one thing. Um, so we're going to talk a lot about that, but we also have another guest uh, right next to you uh, that we also want to introduce. Uh, she's from Citroen Cooperman. That's correct. And your name is Mitzi Hollenbeck. That is also correct. And what is your title? So I'm, I'm a partner with the firm. We're a CPA firm. So we're the 22nd largest accounting firm in the U.S. And we have a dedicated cannabis advisory services practice, of which I am the co-founder and the practice leader of that advisory services practice. So we do a lot of different business aspects, consulting, tax compliance, tax structuring, tax planning in the cannabis industry. But I also am a selectman in the town of Lakeville. So I'm the chairman of the board there, too. Oh, I didn't know that. It's very, yep. So now you you're get three selectmen. Yeah, and you're ah. a female, too, yes. which is, I love having female office holders on the show so that's <laughs> awesome <laughs> yes especially in what town lakeville. lakeville so just 20 minutes up the road right up the street oh so you're you're very local to this yeah it's, too. it's perfect i get to just you know take my 20 minute ride on the cranberry highway on the way home that's great this is fun so uh when how long have you been a select uh, i want to say select woman Hey, it select men. doesn't really matter to me either way with the title, but this is my fifth year um, that I've been a selectman. I'm a second term selectman, so I'm the chairman of the board. There's three of us on the board. So. And I bring that up selectman because in some cities and towns, they've decided to change it. to it, Exactly. Select people, select yes. boards, select person. But I'm happy with the title. It was You're there okay when I it? got there. I didn't have an issue with it. <laughs> it it's uh, always tough for me because like there's, there's other ones like... Uh, Assemblyman, and I, I don't know. There's other ones too right. that we come up against. Yeah, alderman. Yes, yeah. there you go. Alderwoman. Alderman. Yes, never that, heard that's that one. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah, alder person. Now yeah. I think it's Somerville. <laughs> they changed it recently in Somerville from alderman. I think it's. I think they're actually calling themselves city councilors now in yeah. Somerville, which is interesting. But um, Lakeville, um, how are they on cannabis? So we have six signed host community agreements. Awesome. Um, we have, I think, four of them are cultivation and manufacturing infused products. And then we have two retail as well. Some are vertically integrated, some are not, some are medical, some are adult use. But we're pretty open to it. We have it zoned in industrial zones um, in Lakeville. 
and uh, we're we've been really welcoming and, and open to the industry. Have you seen like pushback from like a downtown area? Or is that we don't have a downtown you area? Don't have a downtown no, area. we just have lakes. That's what I was wondering about. Lake though, <laughs> actually. Well, there's I should technically know that. ponds. I went to Bridgewater State, and ah. I know uh, the area a little bit. Yep. Not not too well, but I you know, it's funny. Um, so yeah, this is exciting. We're in Wareham, uh, Massachusetts today, and uh, again we're at Vera Life. I think people can see that from the video, but. Just in case you're listening back on the podcast, we're at Verilife and we're in Massachusetts. It's beautiful here. It's warm. We're outside, but we're seeing a steady, steady traffic, a foot traffic coming in from the downtown area. We're basically in the downtown Wareham area, and I don't see any traffic issues. There's not a lot of parking here, but people get here without creating a lot of traffic. It's it's really kind of cool to see how it works out here. Um, I think a lot of cities and towns that have worries about parking and traffic could look to Vera Life and look to what we're doing, what they're doing here in Wareham. Um, is that something that you see come up, the traffic concerns? Because we yeah, see it every time, it, it seems a- like. Absolutely. And I think that people just need to understand that as the market matures in the cannabis market and more stores are opening, that certainly there won't be the large lines, there aren't people urinating on your front lawn, that this is not a business to be afraid of, and it really should be welcomed in more cities and towns. But I think that a lot of them, by the time they finally educate their population, and when you have town meeting government or town meeting form of government, you know, it's very difficult to educate a lot of people on the benefits of this business to the town because they become the single largest taxpayer per square foot in any city or town. And that's pretty impressive when you really think about that. With the partnership they can have with the community, I don't understand why more cities and towns aren't embracing it. Correct. Me neither. I mean, it just seems like a no-brainer because even if there are any little incidental problems that people talk about, they're already there. It's not like you can ban those. Even if you ban the sale, if the next town over is selling it, what difference does it make? And, and I would think even here in Wareham that probably likely WaterWiz saw a nice boom in business once they had to have their shuttle originally when they opened to drive everybody from WaterWiz over to Verilife. So, hey, go go WaterWiz. I'll be there Saturday with my children. It's very exciting. What is WaterWiz? Is this like a water park? <laughs> it's a water park. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a lazy river. There's water oh. slides. It's That's, you know, the heart of Wareham. A couple of movies were actually filmed there, too. Adam Sandler movies. So it's famous, and I it's don't know. It's famous. About it. It's famous. You sh- you have to go there. Right I after do this. definitely <laughs> like want to go there. And I'm like, is this like water country in New it's Hampshire? It's better than water it country. It is. It is. Oh, I <laughs> definitely need to go there. And I love. I'm a water country mark. I just love those places. We should have an industry party there. Yeah. Hopefully, no one gets drowned. No. <laughs> no crowd. I don't know. We may have to get some extra lifeguards. That's fine. Not for me though. I can swim. Well, I heard Lazy River, and instantly I was like. Yeah. Oh my God! Isn't that the best thing in the the world? Wow! Uh, So WaterWiz. WaterWiz, yep. And Wareham. It's a good little ad for them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have a phone number too. If you want to call in, it's five zero two five zero one three four seven seven. We are taking phone calls. Again, we're with. uh, We have two great guests here. Uh, We're talking about cannabis, of course. Uh, I don't want to say a shop again because you're going to correct me. So this is a membership Mm -hmm. club that you run in Rockland. This is the new incarnation of Irie Bliss is now, yes, it's a private club. You come in, you put in your phone number, you can earn points, you can earn free product, but you certainly will be helping me offset my costs for doing business in this space because it's not a normal business. And, and tell us about what you offer there because I know, I know about some of it, but uh, you know, I want to make sure everyone knows what's, what's there in Rockland. Right. So basically, I'm a wellness and lifestyle advocate, I would say. So I help steer people towards 
products. I can give a lot of advice about my, well, with my own experience as a patient. I should add that I've been a patient since 2010. I was uh, lucky to be born and raised in Maine where they've had a medical program for 20 years now. Um, I actually became um, a patient in California also. Um, so, you know, using my own experiences, I can only get people so far. So we also have the Green Nurse Group has a room and it's really amazing to be able to have somebody there when my 20, you know, two-year-old is working at the front desk and people come in and they start talking about their IBS or their, you know, reproductive issues or any issues really. I mean, she just wants to like do her job. And so now we're able to say, hey, we have a nurse. Go ahead back to room two after you become a member. You know what I mean? And so again, it's, it's, it's in its infancy. Um, you know, I'm still doing my inspection tomorrow uh, with the zoning board. They know I want to be a private club. They're completely supportive. I'm in Rockland. They have other things to worry about because um, I'm really just trying to educate the community. And when I first went there to the town council and explained what I originally wanted to do, they were like, oh, great. You want to educate the community about cannabis? That's awesome because we don't have the time to do that. And so we've kind of had this open door policy. This is a safe space to come and ask all your burning questions. And even if we have to send you to a dispensary, they're going to come back for their CBD. They're going to they're going to come back for the, something for grandma, you know, or bring their grandmother, you know, to talk to the nurse. Because, again, we're offering something that a lot of the dispensaries don't really have, which is medical staff. So that's kind of where we're beginning. Um, you know, we have all kinds of resource books. I have a room called the Heart Cave, and that's where I allow people to come in once they're a member. They can use all of my books about herbs, all of my books about, you know, cannabis, about how to make their own medicine. I have so many books that I've been collecting you over the years. You teach people how to make medicine? I, ta I teach people how to make salves. I teach people how to I've make tinctures. I've seen your videos doing that, too. I love it. <laughs> your videos are really good. Thank you. Most of them got taken down, actually, by YouTube. They took I used them to have down? like six. I think there's only two left. Yep, yep. They took them all down because I, I think I showed isolate to the camera and I said it looks much like a drug, but it's it's a compound, a molecule. <laughs> but yeah, they took all my videos down, so I kind of I kind of gave up making videos because I was oh. like, what's the point of this? So I do it. That's what I do in real life, though. You know what I mean? Like people can come to me with their Rick Simpson oil, and I can provide them with the CBD oil, right. and then we can make one to ones together because that's my First Amendment right to teach you how to do stuff with your medicine. I'm not selling you that medicine i'm selling you an experience or a training program or a, or an hour of consult that's awesome yeah so and and it's where say the uh i think i have it here what's the location in rockland so i am right on union street if you know where the town hall is on union street i am directly diagonally across and next to the credit union 140 union street no that used to be my location oh, that's the I'm old at, location. Yep, 221 now now why did you move because i know there's a story behind this too well it, I mean, simply my lease was up. Um, we were in what looked like a very medical office facility set back from the road. Um, nobody could really find us. They would get there and say, oh, am I in the right place? Um, it really, there's not a huge story other than I okay. felt like I was ready to come out of the basement, so to speak, and, and be in the light. I mean, we have a beautiful storefront now with, you know, floor to ceiling windows and it, it's just all this beautiful light pours in every afternoon. And I was quite literally in the basement, which actually ended up also semi-flooding so that was kind of like a sign like it's time to come out it's time to get in the light awesome yeah and uh green nurse group is there mm -hmm. do, do they offer medical cannabis recommendations there or, or are they no not no not right now but we will uh, connect people with medwell usually because medwell was one of my major sponsors when i first opened um they've been incredibly supportive we've had uh event we had events at our space where we were doing the certifications with a doctor that they would bring in 
Cool. So yeah, we might still do events like that in the future, but we don't have someone in house to do. And you do events there. there. People can. It's kind of a community. We center were doing some events. Yeah, we were doing a lot of um, education on mental health awareness and how CBD can help with that. We've done. Um, <laughs> we did it. Yeah, we had a really nice group of ladies. They uh, wanted me to do one of those like teaching workshops, and they didn't want to do it in their home. I often do this in people's homes. We yes. have private, you know, parties. Um, but when I did it at the space, yeah, like lovely group of women, Sunday morning brunch, might've been mimosas, might've been other things in the mimosas, but again, we're a private club, so you'd have to join the club to know what's in our mimosas. Awesome. And it's, uh, if you want to join the club, it's, uh, iriebliss.com. Iriebliss.com. I don't even know if the link to join the club is on the website yet. Cause it's that new, but if you come into the shop, it's, it's up and running. Um, and what's going to even be cooler about it is we're going to have a referral program. So many people are like, oh, my God, I love your products. I really want to tell people. Now you're going to earn real money for getting other people to join the club. Awesome. And um, you gave, you brought these lollipops, which I love because they have real berries in them. Yes. These are from all kinds um, up in Portland, Maine. If you are a patient, you can now there's reciprocation in Maine. So you can go to Maine and you can see a caregiver in a storefront or in a, a private consulting office. I want to make a note on that because there was some pushback by the state recently uh-huh. uh, from the state of Maine. Basically, the state of Maine um, was allowing that and they are still allowing it, re- re- you know, reciprocation. But Mass, turns out so far, hasn't allowed them access to the medical cannabis database. So we can't go there now. At least at the stores. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. But that's probably going to get fixed because... Shalene Title noted it on, on our Twitter. People were hitting her up, and uh, she got back and said, oh, I'm, we're aware, and we're going to try to get that Yeah, because for $50, up. you used to be able to just yeah. register in both states. So yeah. I don't know why that would I know. change. Well, you oh, know they, they, they want the $50. You know, exactly. <laughs> and and it's, it, a lot of things are changing, too. It's Who knows? Like Today, maybe it, maybe they fixed it by now. I <laughs> mean, it's hard to it is up. so hard well, to keep up I with this stuff. I mean, a lot of the, the issues, too, with the DPH going under the CCC, I mean, there's been a lot of hang-up and a lot of hold-up on, you know, cannabis applicants, medical cannabis applicants, who have been trying to get their license on the medical front, and they're actually getting their adult-use licenses prior to their medical licenses at this point, because the, the problems, I think, in the administration of really absorbing all of the DPH's responsibilities at the Cannabis Control Commission has been a struggle, really, we at the state level. We find out they're really understaffed. It, like exactly. We find out on the recommendations, we reported on that, and mm-hmm. then they changed it recently. Yes. Because yep. we were complaining so much. Yep. Um, but it still <laughs> hasn't gotten changed on the renewals, which was our really big complaint yep and we it still hasn't gotten changed the fact that you know moms that are getting their kids recommendations have to go see two doctors mm. and one's a pediatrician so like why not just get one pediatrician like isn't that enough <laughs> like you know the, all the cost every I was, year i actually got uh, an email from the ccc and i was like what's this going to be and they were just letting me know my um rec was about to expire in august and i was like wow Thanks, guys. <laughs> Helpful. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you better do it now. I know. Because it's going to take like it's four months list. to get it's renewed. It's on the list. Yeah. It's I, crazy. It, I think a lot of the. I mean, they're. I always say they're. They're trying to do their best. You know, it's. It's a such a fast moving, changing industry all the time with all the regulations coming in, different states, different issues. You know, impacting them. That you know, I think they're doing a great job. I think they're doing what they can do with what they have, and certainly nobody expected. I think the do you think they need more money? I think they do. I, I, I'm wondering, like, if they'll ever get more money before. Well, I think I mean the 17% excise tax that's happening on all of the sales that are, you know, should in effect help. should help. So does I mean, that we go just go to them or does that go to the general fund? That's uh, it I does. I don't believe it goes to the general fund. I believe 
well, a piece of it, sorry, a piece of it is reserved for social equity. Yeah, and right. so that is in there. And I don't know exactly whether the rest of it's going to the general fund, but certainly they just closed their books. So we'll see what happens with the June 30th numbers and what they expected versus, you know, where they are. I think they said they're over $170 million in sales right now since November, really when the adult use market started here in Mass. So. Very interesting. Um, we mentioned it earlier. Our last panel was all, you know, that I sat in on was all males, which for me, I've been doing cannabis, you know, reform work forever. And traditionally, it was all white males forever. And recently, we've seen more people of color, seen a lot more women, uh, year or two women here. How do we open it up more so that it's not just white males and it's just not big money? How, and how do we get more women in? Like, you know, how do we support that? Well, I mean, it, it loaded question, right? <laughs> uh, you know, the biggest issue, of course, in Massachusetts, I think, is that when you started out in a medical marijuana industry that had to be vertically integrated and you needed at least $10 million to $20 million to get off the ground. So who are the people that historically have people sitting on the sidelines willing to back them other than big players or, or white males in a lot of cases. So, you know, it's just a, I think it's time. I honestly think that a lot of, you know, there's a lot of effort that's trying to be put out there. I mean, you look at the, the state of Illinois, that's really going to be coming up with their social equity funding, which is going to be a state program by which they will fund minority and women applicants, you know, to try to help get through the process. The problem is with such a regulated industry, the compliance aspects of it are so onerous that, I mean, if you're getting a $50,000 micro loan, that's going to go pay your attorney's fees. That's mm -hmm. it. So you got nowhere. You know, you really just kind of provided money to the service providers in the industry. So I think, you know, the movement of the delivery licenses and the social consumption licenses to the minorities, of course, is a great step, but they're going to have just as much regulation on that front too. And then, you know, you have the 10% ownership issue, but of course that's being looked at right now and has been, you know, the, the focus of where the CCC is going to make sure that the big players aren't coming in, but I see it all the time. So it's certainly, it, it, it's going to be tough. I, I don't see it really going towards minorities, women, economic empowerment applicants. I think it's the cat's out of the bag. I think here in Massachusetts, too late. it's, it's kind of too late. I think those Is there anything that you think they should be doing, the CCC or, the, or the even the governor and the legislator? Like with some people talked about the social equity fund funding. Yeah, I mean, the, the issue is, you know, how long is that supposed to fund for? You know, I mean, how long are you kind of supporting the businesses where maybe they're making missteps along the way? And when the, the market really saturates in Massachusetts because they never set a cap on the number of licenses and there's more of these around, the people who are able to withstand, you know, price pressure are not the little guys. And that is going to be the issue. So unless you're branding, you're marketing, you're finding some niche product or niche market in Massachusetts, over time as the market saturates with the number of license holders, you know, increasing, I, I don't see how the small business model is going to survive. I love your honesty. I, I, really do. I, I, I see do. the numbers. I mean, yeah. that's, and I see it in other states. We work, you know, specifically Colorado, Washington State, Oregon. I mean, it's just a matter of time. And I mean, Oregon's the biggest example of that when they didn't set a cap on licenses. And all of a sudden, you know, now they've got five years, six years, seven years worth of oversupply because it was, you know, less expensive to grow. In Massachusetts, it is not cheap to grow at all with the energy costs. So if you're really trying to get into this industry, the price pressure and the price competition is going to come from those who are able to have larger economies of scale. So I, I just think, unfortunately, that something would could change, but I just don't see it happening. Do you want to add anything, Sandy? Well, I have I have a lot of um, 
I guess the branding and the marketing, I have a lot of hope, I guess. Like I feel like there is room for a small business owner actually. I feel like when you provide the, the service, the support to the patients and you're compassionate and again, maybe I'm naive, but you know, maybe in my town or in my neck of the woods, you know, maybe we could start a, you know, home healthcare meets cannabis delivery model where people are actually put first, not the profits. And maybe that does mean, you know, starting some sort of a, you know, nonprofit or religion if I can't start an actual nonprofit because of the cannabis connotation. But I do actually think that if you're not trying to be like a multi multi-millionaire, you can make a pretty comfortable living in this business just, just by supporting your local government and by starting in your own backyard um, and by developing the trust of your community. And that's what we're trying to do. So I don't know, and I don't even know if I want to go cannabis necessarily in delivery, but it's like a dream that I have because again, if I'm 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 doing like 90% of that, we're just not allowed to give them, well, we're allowed to give it to them, but yeah. we can't actually sell them the cannabis. So again, I don't know. I, I totally get what you're saying because again, how am I going to be able to compete with that million square foot grow unless I can be a broker and a true small business owner and be afforded that right or ability to go to any craft co-op, any small grow or a large grow, if that's what I choose to do to hand select you know, products for my patients. And so if there's not like a broker license or like a way to kind of shop around for people, like how am I gonna get the best deal, right? So yeah, there has to be some kind of a pathway for, you know, the black market, the talk about social equity. If, you know, if, if Sherry could go with my husband who worked at South Bay Prison, you know, he's recognized people at parties, you know, and it, if we can go and say, hey, we want your Rolodex. We know you're doing this anyway. Well, guess what? We're going to identify the people that really need a nurse and we're going to identify the people that just need rec delivery and we're going to bring you in. So, you know, maybe there's a way to partner with people that literally already have customers, but don't have a way to legally sell to their customers. So I don't know how that works or how that looks, but I mean, there's, you know, I don't know. There's got to be a way. Well, <laughs> and, and I think, you know, one of the big things needs to happen, of course, you know, at the federal level is something needs to happen with regard to the Controlled Substances Act and the descheduling of THC marijuana products, mainly because what I think people don't understand is that as a business owner, although we, we kind of briefly talked a little bit about your business model, you're not plant touching with THC, you're not trafficking in controlled substance because you're under the 2018 Farm Bill, you know, you've got industrial hemp, so you're kind of excluded from the Controlled Substances Act. But what I think people don't understand is the building behind us, everybody who's ringing a register today, the rent, the utilities, all those costs are not tax deductible. So what happens is that the effective tax rate of the business right behind us is actually 70 to 80 percent mm -hmm. because they can't deduct their ordinary and necessary business expenses. So again, that brings in the whole factor of how are you supposed to have a little guy survive when all of a sudden your tax bill, and oftentimes we see this in Colorado and Washington, again, in the states that are more mature, you know, these guys will be fine because they're some of the first to the market. So they're bringing in customers and they're able to get, you know, generous margins on their product. But as the markets mature and all of a sudden we have companies that are actually paying the federal government just to operate as a business because they're taxed on their gross margin, which is just the cost of the product that they bought, you know, after they their sales less the cost of the product they bought, but their operating expenses are greater than the rest of their their you know ability to pay and their taxes are based upon their gross margin so it's a huge issue in the industry that that's the federal reform that needs to really be looked at is i think on the taxing side and so i know the states act is really one of the the bigger you know areas whereby if the state has legalized it that you know that would be a component of 280e is the code section that would go away but all of those issues are very difficult for businesses to handle 
and a small business that has a tax bill that they can't afford is going to put them out of business. And so that leads to smaller businesses doing things that are illegal in regard to the Internal Revenue Code, which therefore the IRS has a complete roadmap into your company because that's what you're doing. And they'll take it and they, they can put you in jail. I mean, that, and it it's not freeze for all your assets. I, exactly. They have the power of the purse. So that's something that really needs to change. I agree. Interesting. Uh, and you mentioned uh, what I wanted to look at today too, which Sandy and both of you are like going to be right on is the CBD hemp issue because this has become everyone's talking about it. Um, the feds put out these guidelines and now the state's following and this is happening all over the country. I mean, we see CBD everywhere now. My gas station that I go to has it every it's it's pets. I'm in the uh, dog walking, you know, business dog care and everybody has CBD now. All the pet owners, all the vet, vets, all the dog stores, everybody has CBD. But now there's new regs that say you can't um, add it to any food uh, that you can't. What no any of the nutritional yeah. or uh, medical beauty claims, yeah. yeah, or pet products and pet consumables. What's going to happen on this? What, 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 well. what, you know, what? How does it affect you? And what what should happen? What's going to happen? I mean, I can make a huge joke about it, and it can be like officially all of the chocolate in my club is for your face. Look at this recipe for this face mask. If it falls into your mouth, I can't be held responsible. I mean, I could be like that, but I think a lot of it is in the marketing. I think a lot of it is making the claims. I think right now we're in limbo, though. We are certainly in limbo, and you probably know more about the bill that was introduced than, than I do, but they are essentially trying to say, just like Maine did and just like Vermont has done, that a food that has CBD is not to be considered adulterated. It's still food because it's food. So, again... You could you could probably take it from here. Yeah, <laughs> I I mean, uh, it's been the biggest issue. Um, I met with um, I think it was the president of the hemp industry of America, and I was with her in New Orleans at the MJ Biz conference Joy. Um, with Joy. Yeah, so I was talking to her, and I said, you know, what's your take on this? And she said, well, the FDA put out guidance, but we don't believe that that's a law. That's guidance. So therefore, our position is that that's just guidance, and it doesn't apply. So certainly, you've got you know all of these different you know, viewpoints when you look at it. We can ask, you know, a number of our different cannabis attorneys, what is your position on, you know, CBD? And so from a tax perspective, though, once the farm bill came into existence, it's no longer a controlled substance. So you can file your tax return and report your illegal income and all of your illegal deductions that it took, for in hemp. theory, for hemp, and that's still allowed, and unlike CBD, these guys. Basically. For CBD, but not for if THC. If it's made out of hemp. Exactly, if it's made out of hemp. And that's that's the other piece is the federal government has no idea that you have the same product that's made from, you know, CBD or, I mean, made from marijuana or it's made from hemp. I mean, it's... it's you know, it's so crazy because I see, like, news stories now trying to explain to us the difference between marijuana <laughs> and CBD plants. <laughs> and I'm like, they're both marijuana. Right. Like, it's all <laughs> marijuana. It, it's it, all cannabis. I don't even want to use the marijuana word, yeah, but you know yeah. what I'm saying? It's all cannabis. Well, it's just different types and, and different isolated parts of the plant of, of the yep. plant and, and the issue too is that different states have different testing protocol for when you test your your hemp plant really for its con like its thc content so all of a sudden if you're testing once prior to harvest or you're testing twice you may have a plant that all of a sudden has magically transformed itself into marijuana under a different state standard yeah, under the you legal know which standards. exactly so i mean this is something where the federal government again has no idea what that they're doing what they're doing and they're trying to chase 
the regulations at this point because the cat's out of the bag. I mean, you go on Amazon, you can buy CBD products than you have been able to, you know, for quite some time. So they're just trying to catch up at this point. And there's no way that they're going to actually be able to come out with guidance that's not just following suit with what everybody else is already doing, which is selling the product anyways. Do you think that, that well, ever, like, do you think we'll see gas stations getting shut down and the products well, taken? Like, it, is, is this going to happen or not? Well, in Massachusetts, I mean, it is happening based upon the local boards of health. And if the local board of health, again, go back to the local government aspect, that if they create an ordinance from the local board of health that follows uh, MDAR's regulations or their guidance that they just put out, whatever you want to call it, you know, that's something where they could easily go in and seize those products because it really falls now onto the local board of health and the local authorities for enforcement action. Uh -huh. So, and that has been happening in certain cities and towns. So I bet like in certain towns in like the Cape, but in Boston and Somerville, Cambridge, they're probably cool with it. Hey, they're all right. They don't care. It, it, it totally depends because, yeah. you know, if, if you're Verilife, maybe you want to, you know, say something to, to, you know, the local board of health. That guess what? The gas station That's down the right. road is trying to sell these it's products. And it's my competition because they're not state licensed and there's this, you know, gray area. So it, it's such a crapshoot. I mean, every single day you have no idea what's going to happen, which is why the industry is so fascinating. Have you heard of any uh, Board of Health going forward with that? With the it, like doing I, Suggesting that they're going to bust people? I want to say it might be Dartmouth that did one enforcement action and has been pulling off the shelves. I'll have to double check, but I know that there's been a couple of them that have actually made the news that they, they did pull products off the shelves. If any of our listeners uh, hear about any of these, definitely let us know, especially if cops are coming in and taking products <laughs> and raiding gas stations. We want to hear about that. <laughs> 502-501-3477 is our phone number, too. We had a lot of calls earlier. Uh, if you want to call in now, it's a good time to do so. Sandy, you've you yeah, got to have something I, to say. I do. You're, you're I do. all in this. I, um, you know, I, I took the approach of going right to the local Board of Health when I first began, and I explained that I make custom-formulated candies with vitamins and with the CBD for my people because sometimes, you know, at a dispensary, they're not going to have a CBD-only lollipop, and they certainly might not have a full spectrum, Right. So when I explained to them what I wanted to do, and I said, look, I don't want to be the lady with the cat hair in her candy because I don't, and I'm, I'm doing this as a responsible business person to not do it from home anymore. I am not selling at a farmer's market, but if I was, you would have a pathway for me to certify my home kitchen. I said, well, my wellness center has a kitchen. I understand it's not a commercial kitchen, but would you certify it anyway? So they came in, they did an inspection and they gave me a home you know, permit is if I was like a home kitchen witch, but at least I'm doing it in a public place where I don't have any animals. So because I was honest and I said, I want to do this safely and I want to sell at farmer's markets and I want to sell directly to the public in, in Massachusetts, they said, okay. So I had a, 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 what was it? Not a retail food permit, but a, um, a home food permit. So then the second year when I went to renew that, they had kind of changed their mind and said, you know, we talked about it. We don't feel like we need to do an inspection because you're actually regulated by the state. So then when I wrote to the state, the state said, well, just check with your local board of health and make sure you're not breaking any of the zoning laws. So then I went back to them again. And, you know, first they said that I might need to get a um, like a tobacco license. And then they said I didn't need to do that. So then they said, you're the only one doing this. So they're basically relying on me to keep them up to date on what I'm doing, how I'm doing it. And they have determined that I'm doing it safely because they're letting me do it. And when I said I was moving across the street, I went around to, you know, the town clerk. I went to the Board of Health and I said, guess what? We're going to be neighbors. And 
you all get 20% off. Just come say hi. <laughs> I can't imagine anyone so, saying no to you. Like, honestly, like, I'm just, seriously. I've been very, like, wear my heart on my sleeve. Like, this is the perspective nice. that I'm coming you're from. I'm not trying to hurt anybody. I'm. I, here's my lab book. You know, you come into my shop. Every product that we sell, we have labs. I can share them online. I can share them with my book, with my, my people. So they know my master kilo. I've had the residual solvent test. I've had the mold test. I've had the pesticide test. I've had all of the tests. And this is where Massachusetts has done so well at self-regulation. And like I carry the Healing Roses products because when we were starting our businesses together, we were buying kilos and saying, hey, what did they charge you? This is what they charge me. And like, you know, trying to figure this all out, you know, and I knew she was one of the first insured, you know, um, product manufacturers. So, um, of course, when I when I open my shop, I'm like, what an awesome opportunity to support other people doing this. Right. Another female business and owner. Right? Might have mostly female made products in my shop. But there you um, go. I mean, my club. So you're doing it. Yeah, you're a trailblazer <laughs> in so many ways. It's true. You both are. I mean, this is awesome. Uh, 502-501-3477 is our phone number. Um, so you talked about the Healing Rose. Mm. Are they worried about this? Like, what are they? Well, yeah, Laura from the Healing Rose stepped up, um, you know, and basically called an emergency meeting when we all got this, you know, memorandum. And, you know, she, obviously it affects her business greatly because she's in something like maybe 150 stores around the country. So, and you know, she she's a, a new, new place. Oh, she like just moved into like a 5,000 square right. foot facility. We're both, you know, in kilos deep, so to speak. You know, it's like you've you're invested. sitting on tens of thousands of dollars of either product or if you're a farmer, you've maybe spent all that on your clones and your soil preparation and, and your tractors. And, you know, to, to think that you would be growing this boutique hemp flower, thinking that someone like me would be able to educate with it and, you know, have it in my shop and teach people how to get off cigarettes by smoking hemp flour. That's not going to get you high you and mix it with mullein and mix it with some chamomile and let's make a little blend. Like, why shouldn't that be our, our First Amendment right? And especially if we know it's coming from a licensed place. Like, again, we're, we've all invested. You know, we've all invested so much. So, yes, Laura from The Healing Rose, along with C3RN, um, started doing these emergency meetings. Some of them were over the phone. A lot of us who have kids couldn't make it to all of them. But we were, we've all been really in tune to what they're trying to do. Um, and I know the bill that was put through was not written by the Mass Hemp Coalition, which they started. But it, it, at least they've been allowed in and they've been invited back to give recommendations. And I do feel like we now are represented equally on the retail, the farming, the processes and manufacturing sides of things. Like, I feel like we have enough representation that... I'm kind of in the day-to-day -day just running my business, so I'm as like politically active as I possibly can be right now because I'm just going to start. I'm just going to keep it local. I'm going to keep it tight. You know, my one-woman army thing has been working so far. <laughs> so, like, as much as I support everything, it's like, again, I'm in the day-to-day. -day, I'm doing so it, and so I'm just trying to, like, you know, cover my own butt. Right. You, you know, every and, day. And I think, you know, to that end, too, it's, you know, I spoke recently with um, with the council, you know, from MDAR because I speak periodically with, you know, attorneys and things like that. And we do a lot of education out there. And so what she had said really is that, you know, the state and with MDAR, I mean, they really do have licenses to grow. They have licenses to process. But their recommendation then is we don't have a retail license. So what we are telling our, our really our license holders is you just have to hold on to your CBD. There is no market by which Massachusetts has established a framework by it. which you can sell it. And that's, you know, a lot of it, too, again, is Crazy. that, you know, all of a sudden, you know, through the regulations, hemp became legal. legal right. And Massachusetts and MDAR, who's used to dealing with 
peaches and apples and crops this this fell on their shoulders and they're very understaffed in terms of you know the number of people that they have so they're struggling to try to figure this out and i think that you know just again more pushing and more education on this is a problem and this is what's happening it'll be another government agency that realizes that they've got to set a framework around this there's no timeline on it though which is the problem mm. and i think you know that's that's the bigger push that is to is. make sure that they know that this is happening it and needs there's to happen such now. It exactly can't be like five years from now. It, exactly. And I think again it's a, it's government agencies. Everything's done, you know, Slow. it's it's slower, you know, there's a Especially lot of different uh, exactly. <laughs> Completely. We have a lot totally. of eggheads that want to look at everything twelve times uh, and, and make sure it's perfect in case this is you know it's frustrating because you know, being a small business owner myself, you see all the eggheads. They come in I have a great idea. It's like go go do it. Like, like, as a My small business owner, you, you just want to do it, right? Yeah, I'm just doing it. Just do it. <laughs> like, like, but government is just the opposite. It's like well, the eggheads are, are running everything. Well, and the worst part, too, with local government is, I won't say it's the worst part, but the open meeting law, which requires that you have 48 hours posted notice, notice before there's anything that you're able to uh, are allowed to speak about at a public meeting on a public agenda that has to be open to the public. So it's not as if you can have a productive conversation. You know, our board of selectmen is only three people. So what that means is that our whole board of selectmen can't speak to each other yeah, at all in right. between meetings because that's a violation of the open meeting. Well, law. they that can, would be but they can't speak about business. They could say happy birthday. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. But they Something can't talk about uh, the marijuana license that's coming right. up next week exactly. or, or anything. So all of those things have to happen on the schedule that the local government is able to uh, comply with. So, I mean, you have that with, you know, trying to get licenses at, you know, the local level and permits and meeting with the zoning board and the, the planning board. And, well, you're on our agenda for three weeks from now. Well, I need it yesterday. Well, sorry, that's when we meet next because they're volunteers that <laughs> put their time in there. So, I mean, it's a bizarre, archaic system that they're not full-time people that are working here. So, the, the, it's I think when business meets government and this industry, it completely overlaps and it intersects and it, it, it intertwines with itself. But the two do not work well. Cannabis is, you know, cannabis and hemp. I mean, they're really just on uh, the fast track and government's on the, you know, oh, you know, is the camera turned on? I'm not sure. Hold on. We're not starting the meeting until the camera is turned on. I mean, it's so slow. It's just it, it's bound to happen like this. And we need we need to study that turning the camera on we <laughs> need to run a study now to see if we should turn the camera on we're going to meet in four months <laughs> and we're going to read that study and, and we'll see if we decide to even even read it right it, exactly i mean john oliver did a great bit that was um on special local taxing governments that was on his last week tonight show and you know they show you know with the open meeting law and the formality of you know all of these meetings and you have a local government that's meeting and they they stand up they open the meeting formally they stand up they do the pledge of allegiance and they say now we're going to take audience comment and then the camera pans around the entire room there's not a single person <laughs> in the right, audience but yeah. they just have this formality that they keep following it's but that's local government it's so funny because uh you know i've been to so many city city and town hearings cannabis brings them out like right. when we have cannabis hearings that's when they're like oh my god look at all these people we're not used to having all these people here i i had one that i went to that um this guy actually spoke up he had a book that was you know on medicinal cannabis and he was speaking up and saying you know medicinal cannabis this is great for people you know it's helping people this is a wonderful thing however 
recreational cannabis <laughs> is evil. Oh my and, God. And, um, and we're all kind of looking at him like, <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say. I, I just, you can't, you can't you argue with that. You can't talk to somebody it's like that sometimes. Or they get really stuck on the, um, the addiction thing. And I'm like, you know, I get it. You can get addicted to anything. Don't get me ben wrong. But why would your body <laughs> not want something that's feeding that. the endocannabinoid system? I may need treatment for Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> And, the, you know, and you mentioned cigarettes. That's my I thing. know, honey. I saw yeah. you sneaking yeah. over you there. Were, you were talking <laughs> to me, weren't you? Can't, you can't. You were giving me, you were giving me that. <laughs> I knew it. I should have brought some of the pre-rolls for you. Yeah, I think I need some help. Yeah. I didn't realize. <laughs> I'm here for you. I, okay. I'm here for you, Mike. <laughs> we're the Young Jerks. We're here. Uh, I'm, I'm starting to laugh. We're here. We're here. <laughs> <laughs> we're here like once uh, a lifetime, and we're here at Vera Life. And uh, we're on Wear a Mask, but we're usually live on Saturdays. We're actually going to take this Saturday off. This is our show this week, but we'll be back. Believe me, this has been a great, great day. I've had a lot of fun. You had fun? I'm having a great time, Mike. Yeah? We should Mitzi? do this more often. I, always. Yeah. <laughs> and we got. Uh, we we want to thank the Green Nurse Group for coming too. Sherry is over there. Awesome. We want to thank the whole crew at Wear uh, Wearum, uh, Vera Life at Wearum. Uh, Megan, Shelly, everyone we've met has been awesome today. we got some free. Have you had any free tacos over there? No, I need some tacos. <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> Pulled pork tacos. Yeah. Free coleslaw. And you got to get the, the uh, <laughs> what do you call that? If the I knew they were free, I would whatever. have been over there. No, the coleslaw. <laughs> they got a little coleslaw on it. And then the hot sauce. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, and I got this. This is really nice. I think this is starting to affect me. I'm <laughs> yep. Gifting to so anyways, the limit. We'll, we'll take a quick phone call if anyone wants to call in real quick. I know we probably ran out of uh, callers. Everyone was calling in earlier. 502-501-3477 if you have any comment you want to mention anything today. Before we go, is there anything you want to share with the audience, guests? <laughs> well, yeah. Just, you know, if you guys are passing through Boston to get to Cape Cod, you can stop off of Route 3 at the Rockland exit and come say hi to us at Irie Bliss. And you can always, you're always welcome. Even if you're not a member, you're just not welcome past a certain point. Um, but that would be a great chance for you to stop in and have all your burning questions about cannabis answered. No pun intended. I would highly recommend that. Yeah. And do you got, do like yoga over there too and stuff like that? We had a yoga studio in the um, in the previous space, but now it's filled up with books and with Sherry stuff and um, recording. We're going to be recording a lot of shows out of oh there. Oh, you doing shows there too? Yeah, cool. yeah. So it's going to be our new kind of more recording studio. And yeah, no, I go elsewhere for yoga now. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, the biggest thing that I see in the industry is really just it does make a difference to be an advocate. It does make a difference to have your voice heard. You know, I think education is always of, you know, the utmost importance in this industry. And the more that people get out there and the more that they're educating others on this industry, the better off it will be overall, you know, for everybody involved, small business, you know, even the large business. But really just, you know, the whole point is education. So thank you. And your uh, selectman, again, Mitzi Hollenbeck. Uh, also with Citroen Cooperman. And uh, the town again is Lakeville. It's Lakeville. I yep. know that town. Yes. You know what? I, 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 see, I'm getting morbid again. Because wasn't, like, when I was at Bridgewater, wasn't <laughs> was there, like, a murder in Lakeville there, at one point? There was, with the golf course. Yeah. There was a murder-suicide at yeah. the golf course. Yeah. I hope there wasn't a movie. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm sure I wasn't in it. <laughs> now, now I remember <laughs> back I headlines guarantee. from back in the day. Yes. I think there was something else too that I'm. There, there's a lot. There's don't, a few things. don't Google Lakeville. Wh why okay, why just don't is this area like? Lakeville. You know, there's the Bridgewater Triangle too. That's like it's, it's kind of spooky in this area. It is. It is. Right. It, it, 
I'm excited to drive right back through it. I'm like hoping that, that I get home. Do you and think I don't all disappear. of New England is like? Because I live right next to Salem. I mean, that's well, Middleborough, the next town over to us, has a ghost hunter. Like oh, they yeah. believe that their town hall is haunted, I and so they actually it. have like paranormal activity nights and yes. stuff in like the summer and the fall, and so you can go check out Middleborough Town Hall and their ghost tours. Oh wow! Wow, I see, didn't know about that. weird see. New England, <laughs> spooky New England. <laughs> We're right in the heart of it. Well, no, wait, this is beautiful, though. I mean, this does not... You come down to Vera Life, and you get the uh, the ocean out here. I feel like I'm in New Orleans. Park. Like, the, the style of oh, this building is beautiful. incredible. Yep. Cannabis is going to come in and help all of these towns who have buildings like this that are rotting. That's right. <laughs> I hope. I think. Right I next think. to Toby Hospital. Yeah, it's right next to a hospital, yep. too. Perfect. Yeah, it's amazing People here. People going in for their treatments can come right over here after. There you go. This Maybe you wouldn't end up over there if you started out here. You know what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> yes. Especially <laughs> with the free tacos. Right? That's right. <laughs> this was great. I want to thank you again. Uh, we have Mitty Hollenbeck from Citron Cooperman, also Selectman uh, with the town of Lakeville. Did I say that right? You Lakeville? did. Yeah, that was okay. good. <laughs> and uh, Sandy Bernier. And you're the owner, founder mm -hmm. of Irie Bliss Wellness. That's right. Cool. <laughs> and it's Irie Bliss. No, IrieBliss.com? Irie, like the most perfect Irie? state of contentment, Mike. Yeah, IrieBliss.com. IrieBliss.com. Irie. Irie. Thank you. <laughs> I, I don't know why I always screw up that word. It's like I should know. It. You, I went to Jamaica. Jamaica. Okay. Every I went there for 10 days. And I still, like, I got speech issues. You got to realize. Okay. I'm someone with a speech issue. you have a radio show, you're an inspiration. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like the, uh, the rose that grew out of concrete. That's what I always go back to. Me and Tupac were both born in the same month and the same year, so... And we both are roses that grew out of the concrete. Except <laughs> his skin was darker and he was more famous and more talented. <laughs> but, you know, you're better looking. Whatever. I got it. So uh, I want to thank you so much for coming in. Coming Thanks down. for having yeah. us. Yeah. Ooh, you, you guys are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this. This is so easy with you. I'm telling you. This was uh, so much fun today. Uh, we're going to wrap it up. We're going to, uh, I think, yeah. what do you do, a break? We're going to bring some more people over? No, just me wrapping it up with them. We're gonna we're gonna bring some more guests on. Okay. Thanks, Mike. So perfect. Thank you. thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you for the uh, lollipop. This yeah. is awesome. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna have a great rest. And uh, hopefully we get some pictures too after. Oh yeah. Yeah. All Good. Right. And we're gonna bring in uh, the folks from Verilife to wrap it up here. I think Shelly. Yeah, I think I might have yeah. shot you a message. Perfect. Hello, Shelly. How are we doing today? Are you having fun? Always. Always. I'm having a blast. This is great. How was the day today? Today was wonderful, having all our partners here, having you guys here, food trucks here. Food truck's always good. Yeah. You know? oh, Everyone I wants love a food, food truck. truck. Yeah. And it was good. Yeah. It was, like, really good. Yeah. So the food truck will be back tomorrow. Oh, yeah, tomorrow. Um, yep. We'll have more, uh, more exciting um, concentrate tables and education the rest of this week. So our 710 goes through 713. So if anyone hasn't visited us yet, come, come down. on down and, and see us. Uh, Anytime. And you got a lot going. Like today, the, you had packs here. You had a bunch of different vendors throughout the week. You're going to have things for people to do. We'll have some education tables and um, free food. So yeah. all is good I with that. I love free food. Yeah, me too. I'm always down. <laughs> As you can tell, I'm eating my, uh, my little uh, lollipop. Now, um, also, I want to uh, give sh uh, Greenleaf Magazine a shout-out. They came down today as well. Check out their new issue, Greenleaf Magazine. Mm -hmm. Awesome, good people. 
Good. Anything else you want to leave us with? Your no. website, Verilife? Check us out at verilife.com. Um, Leafly is a really good resource for people. If, ma- if you make a Leafly order, you can tie up um, all the best products first thing in the morning, starting at 9 a.m. Pick up your order anytime between ni- until 9 p.m. Um, also, if you have your Leafly text, you show it to our security guards at the parking lot and you'll be able to park, uh, assuming there's a spot, you'll be able to park right on site. Cool. So, so Leafly uh, gives you a little extra... Leafly gives you a little extra love. There's a Leafly specific register, Leafly specific parking, um, and you know a lot of our products might sell out by five o'clock, so they're able to tie them up um, right first thing in the morning. And I gotta say, I like Leafly for a lot of reasons. I'm not even gonna get into uh, some of the past things we've covered on the show and things, some of the things they've done. But uh, you know, I like also that they do journalism. A lot of uh, reporters yes. I know who maybe got laid off of publications locally. They started writing for Leafly, getting paid well, writing a lot of good stories. Uh, I think Jimmy D just broke a big story, too, uh, my friend out from the West Coast on Leafly. Yeah, it's a great resource. It is. Yeah. So awesome. Thank good. you so much for All coming. All right. Thanks Thank for you for having out. us, actually. Yes. Thank you for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting hot over here. I don't know if you can tell. But I've had a good day, so <laughs> it's been fun. Uh, Murphy, are you still there? Are we all done? Yeah? All right. So uh, uh, we're checking out Mike Crawford, Young Jerks. I want to thank everyone for listening, all the comments. I'm sorry I didn't get to le- read more of the comments, but uh, I want to thank everyone for checking us out today on all our clips with the Young Jerks. We'll see you next time. Every day, Verilife's here to help you live a higher quality of life. The massive product selection at their Wareham dispensary features superior quality flour, vapes, edibles, and more, all derived from locally sourced growers. Experience unparalleled customer service from experts whose knowledge will help you become smarter about your options. Located 10 minutes from the Bourne Bridge, make Verilife Wareham your last stop on the way to the Cape. Reserve an order through Leafly and you'll be on your way in no time. Open 7 days a week from 9am to 9pm. The good vibes start at Verilife.